It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Move aside, Maya Luiaki Smith. BYU has a new quarterback in their 2024 recruiting class, and he goes by Noah Lugo. We're talking about him as well as getting into some BYU basketball talk on a Monday. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. By way of introduction, this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports and coming up on our fifth anniversary. I believe next week uh, we will hit that benchmark. Five years doing daily podcasts Monday through Friday. Uh, Crazy thing it's been that long, but at the same time it's been an absolute pleasure to be with you guys all during that time. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your job faster and, more importantly, for free. Post your job for free right now at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Terms and conditions apply. All right. BYU got some great news Sunday afternoon when Noah Lugo out of Eaton High School down in Hazlitt, Texas, just north of Fort Worth, has committed to the BYU football program. He had reneged on his verbal pledge to UT San Antonio. That came on Saturday and then yesterday, Sunday afternoon. He officially uh, got the word out there, I guess I should say, by putting out a tweet saying, all glory to God, and announced that he was committed to the BYU football program. And this is, I think, a very, very sad pickup for the BYU Cougars. Now, obviously, there's going to be that inevitable question, Jake, well, what about Maya Luiaki-Smith, the high three-star, low four-star uh, quarterback prospect out of the Bay Area in California? I-, I pretty much can say at this point, with the commitment of Noah Lugo in this 2024 recruiting class, I think you can put to bed the chances of BYU getting Maya Luiaki-Smith in this recruiting class. I'm not saying it's completely dead and buried and it couldn't happen, uh, it couldn't, that, that it couldn't happen, but at this point, BYU now has three quarterbacks who have committed in this class. Two of them actually will play quarterback at BYU. I'm fairly confident in saying. Uh, the one being Enoch Watson, who is going to be a mission first guy. He's going to go serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints before enrolling in 2026. The other being Carson Suesue, who up at Granger High School is a guy that I think ends up playing another position in football. Whether that's on offense, as a tight end, wide receiver, etc. Or on defense as a linebacker, etc. He's going to play a different position at BYU. I'm very, very confident 
confident in saying that. So that left BYU with a little bit of a hole. Aaron Roderick has been on the record multiple times saying that he wants a quarterback in every recruiting class. In this day and age of, of college football, with quarterbacks being at a premium and having an elite quarterback being a big difference between being a good team and a team that's going to struggle, you can't get caught with your proverbial pants down in terms of your recruitment of quarterbacks. That's why every recruiting class for BYU, you'll see them bring in a guy who's going to play the very next year, and that is what Noah Lugo uh, fills that hole for BYU in this lineup. What I love about Noah Lugo is he is a fantastic athlete. That's the one thing about this. Anybody who watched his uh, huddle film has seen this kid. He is a guy who's got elite track-like speed on the football field. And at times, at the high school level, he has used that speed to uh, the, the the detriment, I guess, of his uh, thought that he can't pass the football. Because this is a guy, if you watch his huddle film, he'll go through one read, two reads, and if he sees a hole in the lineup, or a hole in the line, he just takes off. And he picks up big yards. Like I said, this kid is absolutely lightning quick. He's got a legit track speed. He is a hurdler at the high school level. Uh, I was told that he is in the top 10 in the country in his hurdle events. So he's an absolute elite athlete. And that is obviously uh, evident by his film. But what it is, I think what I saw from him on film, and Jeff Hansen's also verbalized this, but when I watched his huddle film for the first time, I thought back to watching Jaron Hall's film when Jaron Hall was playing at Maple Mountain High School. Jaron was such an elite athlete playing at a lower level of Utah high school football that, yeah, he only had to go through one or two checks and then he'd take off, pick up big chunk yardage, if not take it to the house. And that's kind of how he played. It was kind of like backyard football in a way when it came to Jaron Hall. And that's kind of what Noah Lugo looks like. And I know that Jeff has said this, but the thing about this is you have to develop that. Now, BYU is very confident in being able to develop a guy like Noah Lugo because they wouldn't take his commitment. They wouldn't have recruited him in the first place if they didn't think he has that capability in him to be a, a guy that could be a starter for BYU down the road. They don't mess around. Speaking of Aaron Roderick, as well as the rest of the offensive staff at BYU, they don't mess around and just throwing out offers to every single kid out there. They are very deliberate about who they track, who they uh, evaluate, who they bring to camps, and then ultimately who they offer scholarships to. And once they accept them, that's their guy. BYU doesn't throw out 15 scholarship offers saying, okay, hopefully we get one or two of these guys. No, they make a very deliberate, kind of focused look at what quarterbacks they think would succeed in their system. Then they target them in the recruiting process, and once one of them picks BYU... That's BYU's guy. They go all in on that dude. So Noah Lugo is that guy in this class. If Maya Luiaki Smith were to call up tomorrow and say, I want to commit to BYU, what would they say? I don't know what they would say. I would imagine that they would find a spot for him because he's such a good quarterback prospect. We're talking one of the elite West Coast QB prospects in this recruiting class. But at this point, you'd have that'd be four technically high school quarterbacks that you've brought in in a recruiting cycle. And that'd be very interesting to see how that ultimately all shakes out. But BYU, I think the the... The, the decision by them late last month in July to go out, offer Noah Lugo, knowing that he was a commit to UTSA and a pretty firm commit at that, if you read some of the comments he had made about playing for the Roadrunners, uh, they they apparently decided this kid has got the capability of being that quarterback, that play-first quarterback in our system, and they brought him in, and they ultimately won that recruiting battle and flipped him. Now, the other thing about this is he's the fourth-highest-rated uh, prospect in BYU's current recruiting class, according to 24-7 Sports, so he is no scrub, folks. He had offers from the likes of, obviously, of UTSA, who was committed to. He had G5 offers from Indiana, uh, G5 Power 5 offers from Indiana. Also had offers from Tulane, Tulsa, uh, Bowling Green, North Texas. This is a kid who's got a fair amount of uh, suitors that were after him. He's also getting some interest from other Power 5 programs down there in Texas. But 
BYU ultimately won out in the sweepstakes, and it's, I think it's a very savvy pickup for BYU. So, yeah, I think the comparison, if you want a uh, player comp from BYU's recent past, it's Jaron Hall, because Jaron Hall, at the high school level, was not necessarily the most refined quarterback. He was, in my mind, more of an athlete-playing quarterback, uh, whereas uh, he became a quarterback during his time at BYU. That's going to be the interesting part here to see how BYU goes about developing him. Obviously, he's going to have great coaching. Aaron Roderick is an absolute QB whisperer, and if you're a guy like Noah Lugo, when you have a guy come into your living room like Aaron Roderick, you visit BYU like he did late last month, you sit down with him, this is a guy that you know has put back-to-back quarterbacks in the NFL NFL. Keaton Slovis looks like he might be on his way this year to going into the NFL. you got to be thinking, okay, if this guy can do that with those guys, why can't he do that with me? That's the best recruiting chip BYU has right now. Now, I know a number of you are down on BYU's in-state recruiting after Cash Dillon from Corner Canyon High School ultimately opted for Utah, becoming the third Corner Canyon Charger to pick the University of Utah in this recruiting cycle. I I know that's disappointing in terms of the in-state recruiting, but here's the thing. BYU understands Stands that with their defensive uh, recruiting right now, they've got to have some proven uh, production on the football field to attract guys of the caliber of Cash Dillon. The University of Utah right now has proven defensive philosophy, proven defensive success out there. Look at BYU's defense from a year ago. A guy, a guy like Cash Dillon's looking at it and saying, okay, can I really succeed in that defense? I think that BYU's pitch to defensive players, especially in-state guys, the caliber of a Cash Dillon, will go up immensely as soon as you finally start seeing some success on the football field under Jay Hill. So give it time. Understand the in-state recruiting is going to ebb and flow and go up and down. BYU had a very good year in-state recruiting last year. It's not been as good this year. Like I said, it kind of goes up and down every single year. So don't get too high. Don't get too low when it comes to this recruiting process. But celebrate the wins. And a win that happened yesterday was Noah Lugo picking the BYU football program. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that that was a fantastic pickup for BYU. And I'm excited to see him in a Cougar uniform next year. Uh, that's the best part about this. You don't have to wait. This is not a guy who's going out on a mission for two years. And you have to wait two and three years down the line to finally see, see them in a BYU uniform. You're going to see him next year and start competing. Can he enter the Frey to replace a guy like Keaton Slovis. I think he's probably a little hard-pressed to do that as soon as next season, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. He'll compete with Jake Retzloff. He'll compete with Ryder Burton, Cade Fennigan, Nick Billups, all the guys still on BYU's roster that are quarterbacks, but he's going into a system that is very quarterback-friendly, has proven track record of production and development of those quarterbacks, and to go back to the point about Cash Dillon, eventually I think you'll see a similar type type scenario play out for BYU in terms of defense under Jay Hill, provided it's given time, and obviously they go out and have that success on the field. So Hopefully that can uh, get you guys a little bit backed off the ledge a little bit, but celebrate the win. Noah Lugo is a very very good pickup for BYU, and I know the BYU staff is very excited to have him in the fold and have him be a member of the BYU football program. All right, coming up here in just a minute, uh, some not-so-good news on the BYU basketball front. We learned last week that Quez Glover had uh, re-entered the transfer portal or will be re-entering the transfer portal to leave BYU after spending just a summer with the program. What did it all come down to? Well, Mark Pope didn't mince words, and I think it's something that's absolutely got to be addressed for BYU, and we'll get to that here in just a moment. Now, First, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. They've been working with us for months. The best part is they are a recruiting insider and a recruiting sponsor, I should say, for our friends uh, here at the Locked 
Locked On Podcast Network. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates, and that's why you need to go with our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. That's the best part about it. It's for free, my friends. F-R-E-E. Go set up your profile today. Set up the job you're looking to hire for. Then add that job posting in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They feature simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on just the right candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post that job for free right now at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply it's Kubota orange day shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through june 30 get zero percent apr for 84 months or up to thirty three hundred dollars off select compact tractors see the details at kubotaorangedays.com your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the podcast. Had plans actually today to play an interview uh, with some of the stuff I got from uh, BYU Photo Day last week, but with the announcement of Noel Lugo, we're going to push that back a day to tomorrow. I uh, have a great uh, conversation queued up with Kelly Papinga, BYU defensive ends coach as well as special teams coordinator. Uh, one with fullback slash tight end uh, Ray Paulo. Jackson Bowers is in the queue as well as um, who else do we have? We had one other player. I'm trying to think who it was off the top of my head. My apologies. Uh, we'll get to those as the week progresses. We will be back out at BYU uh, football practice tomorrow, by the way. Uh, by the way, in talking with some people around the BYU football program, uh, they really really like how things are progressing for BYU offensively. They really feel like uh, that Keaton Slovis is really going to be an impact player for the Cougars this year. So Get excited, folks. It's getting close. Uh, we are under three weeks away. It's crazy to think it's coming that quickly, but we spend all offseason getting ready for this, and it is just literally days and days away. So get ready for it. We'll talk more about that as the week progresses right here on the podcast. All right, on the BYU basketball front for a moment, uh, that last week, uh, news broke. Uh, I thought, saw it come from Jeff Goodman uh, in terms of the national level, and then Robbie McCombs from Vanquish the Foe, who's really been all over this. He's been really good in terms of getting the scoop on a lot of BYU basketball stuff. Uh, transfer guard Quez Glover announced that he, well, he, he will be at least entering the transfer portal once again. He's going to leave BYU. Now, BYU men's basketball is headed on a trip beginning this week, April 18th. Uh, not April. April. August 18th, they're headed to Italy and Croatia for a series of exhibition games as a team. Quez Glover was expected to be a part of that, but they had media availability on Friday afternoon. We were able to go down and watch practice. Uh, it featured uh, uh, fists being thrown, uh, punches being thrown between Atiki Ali Atiki and Trey Stewart at one point uh, during that. But afterwards, the question was asked about Quez Glover and how things stood uh, for BYU with him. And Mark Pope made it very, very clear. So that's where things really get complicated. It was a very simple NIL issue, quote, unquote, uh, said Mark Pope. That was interesting part about this is that it all came down to NIL. He said it was simply an NIL deal. Was Quez Glover uh, offered an amount of money that he didn't think was uh, adequate? Was it something that he felt like he was promised one thing and they underdelivered? 
I don't know what the situation was exactly, but the problem that it, it creates for BYU now is when you have a guy like that, like Quez Glover, who's a high-level transfer guy, you bring him in, get all the pomp and circumstance and all the headlines and all the all the good news from him, and then just a few months later, he's like, you know what? I- I'm out. It's going to hurt BYU on the recruiting trail, especially in the transfer portal. A guy like Mark Pope is now going to go out on the transfer uh, trail, I guess you'd say that, recruiting trail, at going after transfer guys, and they're going to ask him, hey, you had this guard last year who left because of NIL. What was the situation? Why did you guys not get him the amount of money that you promised him? Like, what? What is that? It, it, perception is reality, and that's the tough part with this. It could have been a simple misunderstanding with Quez Glover, but it doesn't really matter in the end because all it looks like is BYU failed to live up to their promises in NIL, and Mark Pope talked about the fact that he needs to be better about that. That's the other thing I says. So my job, what the rules allow, this is the quote from him, the rules allow me to fundraise on behalf of an NIL entity. The rules allow me to connect current student-athletes with NIL entities. They actually allow me to provide space for them to meet. I, can, I can't do any of that with prospective student-athletes, but I can do it with current student-athletes, and I've got to do a better job right now, unquote. So, was there an NIL uh, deal that was lingering out there for Quez Glover that he was looking forward to getting, and it didn't come to fruition? That could have been the case here. But going back to my original point, Mark Pope is now going to battle uphill against some of that... uh, I guess, negative press, if you will, when it comes to this. Now, BYU basketball has two open scholarships. They've got uh, more under three weeks to the start of uh, BYU semester. How quickly can they fill those spots? Are they going to just take anybody out there? Are they going to elevate some of their walk-ons potentially to scholarship players for this season? It's a very interesting thing to watch how BYU progresses with this. There are still some names out there in the transfer portal, but how quickly can you, A, recruit them while you're, by the way, going overseas, Uh, B, how quickly can they get enrolled in school? Can BYU do that on very, very short notice? And C, are they the right type of players that are going to help you succeed in the Big 12 this year? Now, let me also acknowledge one other, I guess, elephant in the room. The Big 12 is the best basketball conference in America. There's no doubt about it. BYU will be hard-pressed to finish in the top half of the Big 12 this year. I I, I don't don't think I'm breaking any news in saying any of that. The problem that it looks like is that you could find yourself without an experienced backline. Dallin Hall looked very good on Friday by all reports when it came to him running uh, the point guard position. He, ha- he made that half-court shot. He's got that, that just like ice in his veins and an ability to make thrilling shots. But can he hold up to the grind and wear and tear of a 30-plus game Big 12 caliber season? That is the question that has not been answered and we're going to have to find out. I think that BYU needs to press the pedal to the metal and go overseas potentially. And while they're playing games in exhibition modes, maybe Mark Pope and some of his assistants are skipping over to other games, looking at some young prospects saying, hey, you want to come play basketball in America? It's a it's a very, very interesting uh, time for BYU basketball because having two open scholarships, it's not ideal. I, there have been programs who carry one open scholarship during the year. The University of Utah has actually done that ever since Craig Smith uh, became their head coach up on the hill at this in Salt Lake City. He actually just recently filled out his full first full roster since taking over as head coach for the Utes. But it, it's not a good situation to find yourself two scholarship players short because that means that you have less depth in your program than you anticipated. And the other thing about it is you don't have your full complement of players either. So I just... 
I worry that BYU basketball might find itself, uh, using the expression I used earlier, with its pants down a little bit when it comes to how things are looking on the recruiting front. And you're going to have to battle uphill now in NIL. Any transfer player out there probably looked at this situation, read the headlines about Quez Glover, and the first question they'll ask Mark Pope when they when he recruits him and says, hey, we want you to come play for us like right now, they're going to say, hey, why did he leave? That, that's the tough part that you're going to have to battle against right now if you want to fill these scholarship positions. Is there a late-blooming high school prospect you could sign? Or are you going to just settle for the fact that you have some walk-ons potentially that do very well to have a scholarship for a season? Can, can you elevate them? I don't think you want to do that because, as I understand it right now, the Big 12 rule is still in effect that if you have a scholarship to a guy, it's guaranteed for multiple years. It's not a year-to-year thing. If it was a year-to-year thing, you might be in enticed to go out and give a walk on that scholarship for the year and just fill that spot. But if it's a if it's a multi-year agreement where you sign essentially a contract between you and the student athlete until I, a, they decide to transfer or they graduate, that's the concern you got to have for BYU basketball. So I just I worry that basketball may find itself in a really kind of lose lose situation right now, where a they're not able to fill those scholarships, and then b they go into a season where they're going to be hard pressed to win a bunch of games, especially in conference play. It could be a really really kind of uphill climb for BYU this season, and uh, obviously there are a lot of people out there who have been less than thrilled with the last couple of seasons in the West Coast Conference, and now the degree of difficulty gets that much uh, that much more difficult. I don't, I don't envy Mark Pope right now. It's a very unenviable position that he finds himself in with BYU basketball. All right, we will round out today's show with a bevy of notes coming up as well as a guy that I think BYU football would do well to land in the recruiting process at the high school ranks. I had a chance to call his football game this past Friday night. Had a great chat with him afterwards. We'll let you hear that conversation. We'll get to all that coming up here momentarily on Locked on Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at UCCU, Utah Community Credit Union. They have a new system called Learn and Earn. It's part of the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Think about this, my friends. Kids look to parents to become financially literate. Parents don't always have the answers. That's a very, very thing. I'm very, very good point. I'm a parent. I don't have all the answers. The best part about Learn and Earn is it breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes that top, completes a topic, excuse me, they earn points that accrue and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. The best part is everybody can have fun with it. It's age-appropriate content for every member, every member of the family. They can compete against one another and have fun while tracking their progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is available in the UCCU mobile banking app, so play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn, my friends. Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart youth banking program, helping kids, teens, and parents all have fun while becoming more financially literate. It's all courtesy of your friends at UCCU. Love where you bank. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic Monday whenever you hear this morning, noon, night. Uh, exciting times ahead. Football season is almost here. It's crazy to think it's coming that quickly. I was out calling a high school football game on Friday, and I got to say, it was so good to not be talking conference realignment or what-ifs scenarios. I was actually talking about real-life football action in front of me. I had an opportunity for part of the KSL Sports Rewind crew to call the Jordan and Timpanogos game. Now, Jordan is going to be a program that's very much in rebuild mode, but Timpanogos has got a really, really good team. And they have a wide receiver by the name of Luke Livingston on their football roster, a guy who has been very dynamic his entire high school career. Obviously a guy that I know BYU has had on the radar, but the question I had for him, because after the game I went down and talked with him, and we'll hear this conversation in a minute, is I wanted to get a feel for where BYU stood with him in the recruiting cycle and had a great chat about that. Talked a lot about the win for uh, Timpanogos. They were lights out offensively. Finishing, uh, finishing the game 62 to 30 in their win over uh, uh, not the Royal Royals over the Jordan Beat Diggers uh, to start the season one and zero. And the the crazy part about this was Luke played quarterback once again. He's a wide receiver, like I said, it's what he's kind of built his reputation on. But due to injuries to Chase Riggs, their starting quarterback the last two seasons, he's been called upon to play the quarterback position and filled in very very well on Friday night once again as Riggs was unavailable due to injury. So uh, without further ado, here's that conversation I had with Luke Livingston about his play in that win over Jordan as well as his, his recruiting cycle right now in terms of what he's looking for as an athlete. Big win for Tim Benogas in the season opener tonight. Luke, well, how did it feel first off to be, we thought we were playing wide receiver tonight, but you ended yeah. up having to step in at quarterback. No, I mean, I got to do whatever the team wants me to. So I love these guys and it makes that decision a heck of a lot easier to go now, and step in. Now, I was looking up your stats leading into this game. You had almost 800 yards passing last year. You had a bunch of receiving yards, a bunch of rushing yards, because you had to step in at quarterback as well last year. So it's not a wholly unfamiliar position for you to be in, but do you, do you feel like, hey, you know what, I, I'm capable of doing anything they want me to do out there? No, yeah, I can. I mean, I can throw. I'm a baseball kid, so I can throw the ball pretty good. I mean, I can run the ball pretty good. Uh, my reads, like, they're good, too. It's just, um, yeah, I mean, if whatever the team needs me to do, that's mostly what I'm doing. Now, obviously, you're, this is your senior season, correct? Yes. So, obviously, starting off with 1-0, what, what goals do you guys have for you and your team this year? Um, I mean, obviously, winning the state championship, that's, that's um, a big goal for us. But another one, like a smaller one, is re winning region because I, I don't think, Tibinogus football history, there's been a region championship team. So, we're trying to be that first team. That's pretty crazy. 20 some odd, well, actually 30 some odd years. Yeah, history. something like that. So yeah. no region championships in all that uh, time. Tibinogus isn't really made, uh, known for their football team, so they're trying to change that. Awesome. Uh, just assess your performance personally tonight. Um, I mean, I, I made some bad reads. There's obviously things to fix with first game of the season, but as I get more comfortable in it, and they're, they're going to be better. But I'll be, um, overall, I think I played pretty decent. Our, my running back went crazy, though. I was going to say, you had, you had three running backs out there that yeah, were getting was, the job done, too. They were too. just going off. Makes it easy when you're a quarterback oh, yeah. and you have those guys. I just have to hand it off. And yeah. just, they do all the work. Now, in terms of recruiting, how is that going for you? Um, I mean, I've been talking to a few other schools, been offered by two schools. So it's going, it's starting to slow up, but it's going pretty good. Who have you been offered by? Army and Air Force. Oh, so, the, so some of the military schools. Yeah. Have they offered you as a wide receiver, quarterback? Um, Air Force, they're gonna. If I go, they'll probably switch me back to running back or um, slot receiver. But Army has offered me as a receiver. Now, in terms of BYU, they're in your backyard. They're down in Provo. Yeah. Uh, what's the contact been with the Cougars like? Is that a school you would would enjoy playing for? What, what's your dream school? I mean, 
Um, BYU just going in the Big 12, that they, they're going to get good competition, so it'd be awesome to play there. But I'm they, the talking to kind of slowed down because people have been telling me that they kind of offered all their 24s. So that's I'm like, well, it's okay. I'm just going to go get another, go to another school and play there because they want me. Did you grow up a Cougar? Like, was I did, it, okay, yeah. so that was so that was kind of the school you were kind of tracking. Yeah, around, I guess. It, yeah. It was. I mean, it would be all my family's down here, so it'd be awesome to play there. Now, in terms of the next level, do you aspire to play wide receiver, or do you are you open to anything? Yeah, I would want to play wide receiver, but if they do change me, I could be open to that too. There you go, Luke Livingston talking with myself after uh, Timpanogos beat the Jordan Beat Diggers sixty-two to thirty. I'll be back out calling another game of his, I'm sure, at some point this season. And I, I, I sincerely hope that BYU might come around and recruiting. You heard him talk about the fact that he feels like they've locked up a lot of their twenty-four slots in terms of wide receivers. But he's got offers from the military academies. I've got some hope that I, I, I don't know that it would necessarily work out this way. I have no inside intel on this, but I hope that BYU maybe comes after him and offers him like a preferred walk-on opportunity. Maybe he takes it if it ultimately comes down to it. This is a kid, speaking of Luke, that you can do a lot worse than having a good athlete like him in your football program. He has uh, played quarterback, running back, wide receiver. He's even played some defense during his high school days. You could do a lot worse than having guys like that in your system. He's all a six foot, 180 pounds. I stood eye to eye with him essentially uh, on Friday night, and I'm right about six foot. So, uh, very interesting conversation. Heard him talk about the fact that BYU is a school that he kind of dreamed of his entire life life and his family's in Utah Valley but uh, unfortunately it doesn't look like right now at least uh, things are working the way that he wants it to go but we'll find out uh, down the road maybe something changes for BYU. Alright uh, finishing out today's show with two other notes on this. Uh, BYU Women's Soccer finished up their exhibition season officially on Saturday night with a 7 nothing thrashing of the Idaho State Bengals at Southfield a number of you probably went out to this game or watched it online or on BYU TV. It was a really really fun win for BYU. Uh, they raced out to a five-goal lead at halftime. Uh, Ali Fryer and Breck Mozingo both had braces for BYU. It means two goals apiece in this win. Kendall Peterson, Bella Felino, and Aaron Bailey all also scored for BYU, taking 37 total shots, speaking of the Cougars. 18 of them being on frame. Idaho State was just under it from the get-go. Uh, BYU was picked to finish first in the Big 12 this season. They officially have their home opener. It'll be this Thursday uh, as they take on St. Louis at 7 o'clock Mountain Time Thursday night. It's their first non-conference game officially of the season. Now, they're 2-0 in their exhibition season. We all get that. But it now really, really counts uh, when they take on the St. Louis Billikens on Thursday night. That game will be carried on ESPN+. Uh, the exhibition season allows BYU to put those games on BYU TV. Moving forward now, though, uh, if you don't have an ESPN Plus subscription and you want to watch a lot of these BYU Olympic sports, well, you better get it now because that ESPN Big 12 now on ESPN+, Plus it's going to be a huge part of BYU athletics moving forward. I know BYU will produce a lot of these games, but if you want to watch the Cougars, you got to have that subscription. All right, finishing out today's show, uh, we're in the final season of our look back of all 155 games of BYU's independent era. We've gone from uh, 2011, that game against Ole Miss, uh, through it all, and today we talk about the first game of the 2022 season, just this past year, obviously. But a number of you remember these very vividly because they're not that long ago, but BYU was ranked number 25 going into the last season. And it's crazy to think about that after how the season kind of played out, as you all uh, know how it all went down. But BYU made that trip to USF in the season opener last year, and I was on uh, the pre- and post-game show 
We got done with the pregame show, and then just absolute downpour, lightning, all kinds of craziness down there in Tampa, Florida. And BYU had to wait out a two-and-a-half-hour weather delay before finally kicking off the season against USF. They have to wait long in terms of the fireworks beginning. Many of you might recall that very first play from scrimmage for BYU. Wow. What a play it was. You, you saw the, the handoff to Pukunakua, and he races right up the sideline, 75 yards, touchdown BYU. And they were off to the races at that point. End of this game, it was a 50-point bur- 50-burger for BYU in this game, winning it 50-21. to They were up 38-7 to at halftime. It was just an absolute demolition of the USF Bulls. Gary Bohannon, who had been the former quarterback at Baylor, carved BYU up the year before. Uh, he was the quarterback for USF in this game after transferring there. 17 of 30, 172 yards, one interception. He didn't really do much of anything. But Christopher Brooks had a 52-yard touchdown run, as you might recall, in this game. And BYU just looked every bit the part. I remember watching this game thinking, okay, if this is really what BYU is all about. could be a really, really big season ahead. The defense looked like they were pretty good in this one. The offense was just lights out for the Cougars. And that that was the most impressive part, considering season openers can be traditionally a tough thing to start out on the front foot, uh, to use that expression. Jaron Hall, 25 of 32, 261 yards, two touchdowns. He did have that one interception in the game, but Pukunakua ended up adding another touchdown run in the game. He ended up with three carries, 76 yards, 25.3 yard per carry average, and two touchdowns. That's pretty impressive stuff. Uh, the tough part would be, though, can they follow that up? Could they follow that up with that the following week when Baylor came to town for the home opener. Obviously, there was revenge on BYU's mind as they took on the Baylor Bears the following week, and we'll talk about how that one played out on tomorrow's edition of the podcast, but it was a big win for BYU. All kinds of uh, lightning, to use that expression. It was just really, really fun to watch BYU do their thing. Running for 312 yards in this one, just over, around, through USF on their way to 1-0 and obviously setting up a really, really anticipated rematch against the Baylor Bears the following week. And like I said, we'll catch up on that one on our Tuesday edition of the podcast. That's going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. A big thank you to all of you uh, who have supported the podcast. Also on tomorrow's show, we'll look back at how the weekend went up preseason week one, locals in the NFL. Uh, It's something I want to do a better job of this year, keeping you guys apprised of guys who have played at BYU now in the NFL. Uh, How did the first week of the preseason go? Some analysis of maybe guys who are on the edge terms of roster, that type of stuff. We'll talk about all that on tomorrow's show as well. So thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the podcast as well. Until tomorrow, though, have a great rest of your Monday. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.